Welcome to another Alive at Springwood podcast, brought to you by Springwood Presbyterian Churches, where we don't believe churches are buildings. Churches are people. Disciples of Jesus bound together in diversity by God's love, while pursuing faithfulness and vulnerability, celebration and lament, reading the Bible and prayer. May you be encouraged and God glorified by this edition. think about what the Bible says about time. Now, it's time is a complicated thing. Augustine said time is simple until you try and understand it, and I think that's true. Um, and what I'm going to say is not going to be comprehensive. It's not everything about time. Christian um, thinkers and philosophers think a lot about time. But um, I want to really draw out three sort of ways that the Bible talks about time. I want to talk about time, like the linear time, minutes, seconds, days, weeks, that sort of sense of time going along. I want to talk about timing, things happening at the right time. Um, And I also want to talk about times, like the times, the ages, um, in that sort of sense. And what I really, let me give you an illustration that will sort of give you a hint of um, where we're going with this. And let me use, I've got a few different ones, but for now I think I'll just use this one, which is food. So, this is linear time. Metamucil and that sort of thing is all about regularity. Things just flow along and we want them to be regular and steady and predictable. And now that's not very exciting. Metamucil is not very exciting. It's not very pleasing. It's just something we do, but it's sort of keeps the body going. Good for human flourishing, but not very exciting. But it's steady and it's regular and we need to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't preached this alive at night yet. I'm, I'm not just using this with the oldies. And, and um, I cannot, my, yeah, cannot, cannot confirm that it's my metamucil. <laughs> so there's regularity. Second sense of time is things at the right time. Now, these are, these are chilies. You don't eat chilies all the time, but... Chilies are the spice, literally the spice of life. Um, we eat that every day. You go out for a curry irregularly, but it's spectacular and it's fun and it's a highlight. So you have this at the right time, certain times, particular times. Do that all the time. This is a particular time. And then there's this. This is water. And there's no wrong time for water. And in fact, this is the necessary, this is the heart of life, staying alive. Um, This is literally the water of life. There's never a bad time for it. There's always a good time. Um, It's the essence. And I think that's the way the Bible thinks about time. There are things that are regular and ordinary and tedious and boring and they keep us alive. And then there are 
things that are in their time, the spice of life. But then there's what life's really all about. Now, what I'm going to do is walk us through bits of the Bible to sort of show that and then think a bit about how that impacts upon us living in interesting times. So, obviously enough, we'll start at the beginning, Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, we get the Metamucil-type time. We get the regular, the regulating, God setting up a world that is regular and patterned and rhythmic and lawed. I mean, we call them laws, but um, we'll say that there are sort of the laws of physics, even the laws of mathematics. There's this sort of regular pattern built in. Um, Predictability, steadiness. So it starts off in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Um, and then this whole chapter is patterns. There was morning and there was evening. Well, there was evening and there was morning the first day. There was evening and morning the second day. You way you go through. And so we're getting rhythm happening. But then the key verse, I think, is verse 14. Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and for years. Um, that's what life's going to be like. Life's going to have a regularity. We're going to need the sun up and the sun to go down. We're going to need seasons. It will allow us to flourish. It will set the patterns for planting crops, for having families and kids, doing the ordinary things of life. Now, as Australians, we love this sort of time, linear time, steady time, regular time. And that's because we are modern Western people and we wear time on our wrist and it goes down to the second because we like to be in control. We like things being regular. We like things being predictable. We like things being safe and secure and in our hands. And of all the people who've ever lived in the planet, we're in a position to try and impose control, even on actually just those sort of Genesis sets up the conditions for life, and now we think we can actually do that better than God even. Um, we've got technology. We can control this. We have health systems and environmental engineering. We can genetically modify crops. They're nice and predictable now. The fruit all comes the right size and shape and colour. We've got insurance, just in case. We're not going to run out of money. We have air conditioning. We can keep the temperature range just between them. We really like it just like that. I don't want it to be too hot. don't want it to be too cold. We have airbags. Um, anywhere I go, things will be kept safe. Um, we like things regular. We're a metamucil culture. or metamucil time culture. We like things to be regular and predictable. We don't want them to be out of control. We certainly don't want them to be unsafe. But we like security. Problem with that is, actually, um, if all we had was control of our life, it would be incredibly boring. That's the problem with being in control. It's really tedious. What do you do when um, everything is the same? When there's no risk, when everything is predictable, when you've watched everything on Netflix? Um, what do you do? 
well, actually, the spice of life is not in predictability, it's actually in unpredictability. And that's where you get to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Because this is like a poem. I think the first few times I read it, I just thought, well, it's all part of that rhythm thing. Time, 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 time for this, time for that, time for this. It's like Genesis 1, it's just saying God set up the world to be regular and rhythmic, but actually I'm pretty sure that's not what it is saying because virtually every single thing that it's a time for are unpredictable things. Um, some of them are completely brilliant, some of them are utterly horrible, but none of them are regular and predictable. They're things that happen in their time. This is not talking about ordinary time and rhythms. This is talking about there are things that happen at the right time, at particular times. So, every single event here is an interruption of some sort. Or a dislocation. Some brilliant, some horrible. So, it starts off, there's a time to give birth and a time to die. You didn't choose when you were born. We try and choose a little bit when we die, but even that's just a, we try and control the window. We don't know when we're going to live. We don't know when we're going to be dying. And when, some, when there's a birth, it's just this brilliant thing. It's an extraordinary gift. And death is a horrible tragedy. The next one is planting crops. It's time to plant crops. And we, maybe of all of them you think, well, this is surely this is about rhythms and patterns and seasons. And sort of, but I come from cropping families and crops are, it's a crazy, unpredictable life. You are absolutely at the mercy of weather. I remember my grandfather, um, he was in tears as, it was like a week before he was going to harvest the crop. Hail came and destroyed his entire crop. Wars, there's a time for war, time for peace. Um, wars disrupt everything, wars ruin everything. But sometimes you need to do it, sometimes you need to fight. The Ukrainians need to fight. It wasn't part of the plan. It's a, it's a very rude and horrific interruption, um, but it's the right time. It's time to laugh, even jokes. Why is, why is a joke funny? We, we can, I can spend a whole sermon just on this. Humour's really interesting, but why are jokes funny? Um, and it's because it's unpredictability, it's surprising. You see things from a weird angle or you jump in a different direction. Um, you see a quirky thing and it makes us laugh. There's a time to love. Love is out of your hands, I'm afraid. Falling in love is, well, not entirely out of your hands, but um, you don't get to control love. Um, that's abuse if you're doing that. Um, finding two people to fall in love at the same time with each other, um, that's in God's hands, not yours. And that's really what Ecclesiastes is saying, is your life is in God's hands. And there's going to be high points and there's going to be low points, but you are not in control of it. You are a human and you're a creature and you're not in control. But this is, this is your life. This is the, 
um, the story of your life. This is why we're all different, because we've all had these amazing highs and these amazing lows. They're the things that make you, you, and me, me, and us, us. Um, and so we love this timing because it is the spice of life. This is the chilies. Um, we love it and we hate it. A bit like chili, actually. Um, on the way in, it's great. On the way out, not so great. It's like chili's a two-edged sword. And, and the moments of our life are two-edged swords. Some of them are horrible, but some are great. But they're, they're where all the life is. The moments, the life, the death, the high points, the low points. That's the stuff you remember. That's the stuff that's in your biography. Not the metamucil. No one cares. You don't write down your habits. You write down the high and low points. And all this remembers, it reminds us we are creatures. Feel free to flick around. I've got lots of passages. We won't even get to all of them. But Psalm 31 is a famous one. Psalm 31, verse 15. The course of my life is in your power. Um, older translations or other translations say, um, my times are in your hands. But I actually like this one, this one a bit better. The course of my life is in your power. All these things, all these events, God, in God's time, they will happen. At the right time, they'll happen. But they're out of our control. The course of our life is in God's hands, not ours. And there's a dark edge too as well because a lot of this chaos is on us. War is on us, not on God. Hatred is on us, not on God. And so the ups and downs remind us as well that this is not... God set up a beautiful world with beautiful conditions, but it, we've ruined it. And not only are we out of control, but we are out of control of being able to fix it, and we need God to do it. But fortunately, in his right timing, God did that as well. So that's where we get to the Romans passages that we had read out. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person someone maybe um, would be prepared to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, at that time, Christ died for us. Again, this is about timing. At the right time, God rescued us. So I've got time, just regular timing, and then time, and then there are timings, things happening at the right time, good and bad. Um, and the best thing is God demonstrating his love for us. But if we go back to Ecclesiastes, um, the writer sort of says, well, that's what it's like. Life is like that. It's chaotic. But why? What's, what's even the point? What is the point of God putting us through these things? And that's this thing. What's the essence? What's the heart of life?
And that's why I want to talk about times, the times. Verse 9, the writer says, What does the worker gain from your struggles? I've seen the task that God has given the children of Adam to keep them occupied. He's made everything appropriate in his time. But he has also put eternity in their hearts. And no one can discover the work God has done from beginning to end. So, yeah, I see all this. I see life going around. But why? And God's built us with this longing to ask why. Again, to do with eternity. What is the point of this? And the answer here, and I don't have time to dig deeply into it, but the answer is um, that the heart, of, the heart of life is that it's about worship, fundamentally about worship, connecting with God. And in that, it's about rejoicing and it's about seeking justice in this age, in this time, in this messy, broken time. It's about rejoicing in God's good gifts, but also seeking justice, being a servant. So verse 12, I know that there's nothing better than for people to rejoice and enjoy the good life. It's a gift of God when anyone eats or drinks and enjoys their efforts. I also know that everything God does will last forever and there's no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. There's worship. Whatever is has already been, whatever will be already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted and their service. That's what, um, that's the essence of life. The essence of life is connecting with God, worshipping God, being in awe of God and then enjoying his good gifts and seeking justice, serving people. Loving God, loving neighbours, that's the, the essence of it. And here's the thing, here's how this relates to time, is because just like water, it's always time for that. Every moment is the time for awe and worship and for rejoicing and for service. Every single moment is for that. Let me just finish with a few reflections on what that means for us. Sorry, zoomies. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, that's actually 2 Corinthians 6, um, the verse I want to read. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. says, um, for God says, at an acceptable time I listened to you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. See, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time of worship. Now is the time of, as it says in Ecclesiastes, people coming to be in awe of Jesus. That's what this time is. This age, these times are the times of salvation. Every single moment, the times of salvation. Um, now is not the time for building safe and secure lives. That's not the point. This is the time of salvation. Um, let me tell you about a, a friend of my parents-in-law. Um, his name is Matthew, or his name was Matthew. He was from Uganda. 
He's one of my um, heroes. He was a super bright student as a kid. He was from a small village in Uganda. He was super bright. He got a scholarship to go to the city, go to the best high school. Um, he topped the school and from there got a scholarship to go to university, study medicine, topped the school there. Um, he ended up being sent to England to um, get like, like a postgraduate medical degree. And then he came back. That's the first brilliant thing. A lot of people don't come back. He came back and he ended up heading up the, um, the, the main hospital, like the national hospital in the city. He was like the most important doctor in Uganda. And he was a Christian. And then um, a while back, Ebola broke out in remote Uganda. And at that stage, people understood very little about Ebola. And uh, Matthew, Matthew Lequia is actually his full name. You can look him up. Um, he realised he was the only person in the country qualified to do anything about it. So he gathered a group, uh, a, a small group of volunteer nurses and they went out to this village and they shut it down and quarantined it and they treated people. Um, they all caught Ebola and they all died, including Matthew, the best doctor um, in the country. But they saved potentially millions of lives. Back then it was untreatable. Now, Matthew had an ordinary life, he had a family. And for Matthew and for the country, that's bad timing. Ebola was very bad timing. But it's always the right time to love and to serve. Always the right time for salvation and rescue and redemption. Because that's what life's about. This is the time for that. This is the time for redemption. It's not the time for ordinariness and it's not the time for safety. Now is the time for serving and not controlling as well. Another, another verse, James chapter 4. These are all famous passages. So you can memorise them. James chapter 4, verse 13. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we'll travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you're like a vapour that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Um, now is not the time for control. Now is the time for service and love. Um, some of you might have heard of, I don't know how to say his name properly, everyone, everyone here says it different, Henri Nouwen, Nouwen. Um, he was a French priest and academic, and he was a brilliant guy, he was a um, scholar. I'm sure Kirk um, would have lots to say about this guy. He ended up um, working as sort of in disability type theology, but he um, he got really annoyed with interruptions, particularly as an academic, until he sort of worked out, actually, you know what? Um, these things are not, these interruptions are not wrecking my life, they are my life. In fact, they are my ministry. 
Let me just read out something from him. He says, The great conversion in our life is to recognise and believe that the many unexpected events are not just disturbing interruptions in our projects, but they're the way in which God moulds our hearts and prepares us for his return. Our great temptations are boredom and bitterness. Again, the controlled life, the completely controlled life is utterly boring. When our good plans are interrupted by poor weather, our well-organised careers by illness or bad luck, our peace of mind by inner turmoil, our hope for peace by a new war, our desire for a stable government by a constant changing of the guards, and our desire for immortality by real death, we are tempted to give in to a paralysing boredom or to strike back in destructive bitterness. But when we believe that patience can make our expectations grow, then fate can be converted into a vocation, wounds into a call for deeper understanding, and sadness into a birthplace of joy. Pretty much what he's saying is all the messiness of life, the brilliant things and the crazily um, horrific things, they are all opportunities for God to teach you how to love and to serve, to teach you to be someone who seeks for justice and finds joy in his gifts. Now is not the time for control. Now is the day for awe of God and rejoicing and serving. Um, it's not the time for anxiety either. Psalm 31, um, your times are in God's hands. Um, Jesus says, look at the birds, they're not worried about stuff. That is not because a bird's life is predictable and safe. Um, but it is because God's... We are in... Our times are in God's hands. God is in control. Um, and the essence of life is worship and joy and service. Um, so maybe to sum up... There is time and orderliness, and there is ups and downs. There's time and there's timing, but most important of all are the times. This is the time for awe and joy and service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have created this beautiful, ordered, um, regular world that um, it sets us up to prosper. And we can live as humans in it. It's built for us. But we also thank you, Lord, that you give each one of us a story. And stories are all over the place. It's a story that we don't know when it starts, so we don't know where it finishes, and they have amazing high points, and there are so many joys in our lives. And there are horrible low points, and... Even today, Lord, there will be people walking through highs and other people walking through lows. But we thank you for the story you've given each one of us. Thank you that our times are in your hands. But most of all, Lord, we think that you've built us to be in awe of you and to rejoice in you and your good gifts and to seek your kingdom first. And please use the orderliness of life and the brilliant and broken parts of our lives to teach us how to do that. We thank you that just at the right time um, you entered our world to redeem it. 
And we thank you that now is the time of salvation and redemption, ours and those around us. So Lord, teach us to be in awe of you and to rejoice and to seek justice in this world. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.